Hello, hello. Welcome to the Eddie Conversation Podcast, episode number, what did I say? 28. <laughs> and uh, my name is Eddie V. Hill, and I am your host. Today I'm joined with... Rastikase. Yes, you said it. Great. Thanks for having me here. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for being, thanks for being on. Um, all right, let me introduce you a little bit to, to people listening slash watching. Um, as this is available on YouTube as well, if you're listening on the podcast, subscribe, rate, all that kind of stuff. Yes, you, please do. <laughs> you are, um, I think of you as a cinematographer, yeah. director of photography. Mm-hmm. Um, what is there anything else I like to I like to ask? Is there anything you would like to tack on to that? How do you How do you see yourself when? Well, um director of photography basically mm-hmm. uh, but since I've come here and learned that there are a lot of other things that come under it mm. which I really love so I love gaffing controlling the lights and uh, um, focus pulling and everything but yeah my f- main focus is being a cinematographer basically. okay yeah. okay it's a good start yeah all right. So when you say coming here, coming here, do you mean that just for people that like, because I know who you are. We've chatted before. We've worked together yes. before. Um, what uh, do you mean? Do you mean Los Angeles? Do oh, you... yeah, definitely. Like joining film school in Los Angeles. Um, so I'm from India and uh, I started from nothing, basically, because I don't have like a background in film film industry or anything and uh, so and basically I did not have anybody else telling me what goes in in the industry or like during filmmaking or anything as such so Mm -hmm. all of that I got to learn over here in the film school basically okay so you when you okay so you're from India Mm -hmm. you you decided to jump into film yeah but you didn't you you didn't have like a, a foundation like how did you because I know you you you've done you did stuff in India before mm-hmm. you moved here yeah. like you worked on some documentary stuff mm-hmm. and whatnot so how what did you do there and right. then what I'm curious about the film school experience too because I know that's a whole story on its own. Um, so basically how I started. Yeah, let's jump into that. Let's jump into <laughs> that. Yeah, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, I think I started as a lover of documentaries. And uh, like since the very beginning, I've been a big um, avid traveler like since my childhood, basically. And uh, I used to watch a lot of documentaries. So from there... I realized I wanted to be that person behind the camera, mm-hmm. like the one who's controlling the camera. Like I had more admiration for them than the, I wouldn't say, actually, like I had um, admiration for everything going on in the documentary industry, like people on the camera, in front of the camera, behind the camera, but more like behind the camera, basically the camera operators. Mm-hmm. So that's what I wanted to pursue. And I did not know anything about, you know, like, who are these people? I did not even know the term document, um, sorry, cinematography. Mm-hmm. I was just like, um, I want to be that person 
with that camera in his hand or whatever. So what was it about was it about the specific looks of the film or was it about the stories being told through the documentary? Oh yeah. Like, like it, I'm just like there's the because there's like the directors that are kind of helping guide the story and, yeah. and, and that kind of stuff. And then there's the cinematographer who's yeah. holding the camera, capturing the moments. Yeah. So which, so when you're it, saying camera, were you combining also the story element on top of that? Yeah. Or, like, um, basically, I think it's just the camera element. Uh, the story comes a little after that. I mean, why I really love documentaries is mm -hmm. because it tells you the truth. In fact, yesterday, last night, I watched a documentary called Seaspiracy. I think it's one of the best documentaries I've watched. Mm -hmm. It's all about um, how, you know, how fish industry is ruining the ecosystem, basically, and um, how fish are so important for the planet uh, for the climate and how they um, them diminishing is a big reason for climate change and all that um, in fact I used to love eating fish I am scared of fish but I ate fish a lot but after that I'm like convinced that mm. I should stop eating fish so that's the beauty of documentaries because it tells you the truth it tells you what's happening, you know, around the world. Yeah, it gets you up close and personal yeah, on, on different topics. Mm -hmm. Have you, so you've been, have you shot any documentaries yourself? Uh, I've shot like travel documentaries. That's how I started basically. Mm -hmm. um, and then I jumped directly into narratives. I haven't gotten the chance, but ultimately that's my goal, the aim. The, life. the documentary side. Yeah, yeah. So what is that? Well, all right, let's talk. So is there any specific... How does that... How does that... What's the dream documentary? Do you have any ideas on like what... What uh, what kind of stories you, you want to be telling or what kind of people you want to be following or how that works or... I want to get into like adventure and lifestyle documentaries. Um... Yeah, I mean, I would love to do that because uh, I'm a traveler. I <laughs> mm -hmm. I want to cover all that. But again, at the same time, whatever, you know, um, helps to get the story out, like the big picture, the something like Seaspiracy, basically, mm -hmm. like, I guess. Yeah, so you want to help expose some... Um, yes, some... help expose <laughs> the big picture. It's, uh, okay. Because, uh, yeah, that, I, cause the thing with the, I've talked about, okay, when I think about documentaries, from, like, more of the, the producer brain, mm -hmm. it'll click in and be like, documentaries scare me for the reason of, of, like, you're diving into, like, you're chasing a story almost similar to, like, I feel like a journalist would be, would be chasing and you're just rolling the camera forever yes. following stuff showing up to stuff trying to get in there and like you don't 
you don't really know if you're going to reach the thing you're trying to reach or what you're going to uncover or if you're going to like that, all that kind of stuff is weird to me where you're very blind in that kind of thing it, yeah. in a way where uh, it's, it's, I think about it in terms of like almost the acting side too with like improvising where there's, yeah. there's, there's an overall script you're trying to hit, but you're, you have that freedom within the moments to move around yeah. and, and, and see stuff and capture stuff. And I don't know because like it could be very time intensive too where you're chasing a story for for years yeah. and it scares me <laughs> personally but I, like I have it. like a lot of patience and trust me when i say a lot like i really do have okay. a lot of patience and when i think about like i've heard like people living in small cabins just to capture one picture one moment of that one tiger bengal tiger and they've been waiting for like a year long in that one small cabin in the woods and it doesn't scare me at all it's like i would do it for mm -hmm. that i mean it takes a lot of research takes a lot of patience and all that but mm -hmm. it's just yeah you gotta do what you gotta do <laughs> yeah 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 okay <laughs> So let's jump back to, to growing up in India a little bit. How, how is it, because I'm sure that, whew, I feel like, I don't know, I don't know what the ratio is with people working in the industry where there's like a percentage of people that kind of grew up knowing what the industry was and then people like you or people even like me where it's like nobody in the family has ever done it before. You don't even really know where to start and just kind of jumping into it blind and trying to figure it out as you go. Like, I don't know what the percentage is. Like, if it's like 50-50 or 90%, like, whatever the case is. How, what, can you walk me through what your experience was on that? Well, or or just being an Indian and going through, I don't know if it, it's, I feel like it'd be very similar, but. So, the world has become so small. I think mm. now people are like more exposed to everything that is going around. And that is why people who don't have anybody in industry, even those people are like coming up and wanting to pursue what they've never seen before. And I think that's what happened to me since like I did not have anybody who could tell me uh, what what the real picture is of the industry or um, I did face a lot of difficulties actually uh, so when I started I moved to Mumbai uh, for my graduation I mean my bachelor's in mass media and I thought that that would bring me closer to cameras cinema yeah. oh well it did not <laughs> so much it just um yeah we had this one lecture uh one class explaining uh what cinema is and that's about it mm. but yeah even that helped me a lot it you know made me understand what cinema really is composition like whatever elements of filmmaking basically um i did have i i met a couple of people who wanted to be cinematographers but they had connections 
in the industry already. Mm-hmm. But then there was this one person who um, worked as a mentor to me. Uh, it's because of him that you know I got to know a lot about what it really actually takes to be a cinematographer. Because even he did not have anybody in the industry. He started from the scratch and he helped me. Uh, Start from scratch too, yeah. Yes, he helped me out <laughs> in a lot of ways. But even so, I wasn't convinced that I know what I need to know. Like, I knew that I had to learn a lot to get where I want to get. Yeah. And under him, I, I've worked a lot under him. Um, I also worked as a production designer and director. And I've had like people telling me, like whenever I used to tell them that I want to be a cinematographer, they just used to be like, uh, you need to have connection in the industry. You don't have to do this. Just stick to, you know, PD. Just don't get into that. And uh, more importantly that you're a girl, you're a female, you have no value in the industry. And I remember actually considering working as a as an art director and giving up cinematography. But then just the next day I was like, no, that's the <laughs> dream. I, I need to focus on my dream. Yes, I mean, had, you had the thought for a whole whole night. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because... Um, no, for sure. I'm sure about like only one thing in my life right now. And that's this goal, this aim of being a good cinematographer nothing else mm-hmm. i don't know about anything else in life basically right now but yeah nothing so, is so how is it how is it looking back on the times with your mentor at that moment like how what what were the main points you pulled from that experience that you have kept even though you knew you knew that you had to learn a lot but the most of what you absorbed from him is it still there or was it like oh we did a lot of stuff wrong or mm-hmm. you know quote unquote wrong so what i the biggest thing i learned from his him um is that you need to have a business mind basically you need mm. to be able to talk to people network with people it's not only your talent that will get get you ahead it's how you carry yourself how you put yourself out there you know that's one big thing that he taught me uh, i'm still working on it but sure yeah. sure sure it's a lifelong process there yeah because i mean i've seen so many people who have communication skills way better than their talent and Mm. They're doing very good now, <laughs> you know. Sure, sure. So yeah, I'm still working on that. Yeah, yeah. How? That's a weird. That's a weird thing, right? The talent versus being able to put yourself out yeah, there. Yeah, definitely. Um, how, how? In fact, yesterday I was talking to my friend. Uh, mm-hmm. She comes from Europe, and um, that's what we discussed, how uh, the industry is over here, and how filmmaking is back in Europe, and 
what the the main difference is over here it's way more commercial it's more about money um filmmaking is a business and over there it's more like an art and as much as that lures me um uh, like that calls for me um the art side mm-hmm. i also want to make a living out of <laughs> my sure business. sure yeah. ideally you can you can do it and still and afford to live yeah <laughs> is the yes yeah, the dream that's the dream cuz okay cuz i know i know for me i don't know like i feel like the the putting yourself out there's i don't know how long the i feel like it's going to it's a forever thing that you always have to get better at doing is like all right sweet now i was able to to build my skill set up enough to land a gig that's a good start and then all right how do i get another gig and then how do i get a bigger gig yeah. how do i get on that person's shoot mm-hmm. how do i get this studio to pick me up mm-hmm. how do i you know get james cameron's attention to shoot his new avatar movie like all that kind of stuff is kind of it's a, it's a it's a ladder that you're always going to be exactly cuz uh what what we're shooting okay um cuz that's one thing I'm experimenting now too is I I'm, I'm releasing my movie my first movie oh yeah yeah on Friday so uh that's this this will, this will drop tomorrow so congratulations the, yes thank you <laughs> so it's kind of like that similar thing where it's like all right well when it's, when you talk about it being a business it's like all right I have I have a movie ideally you can, i can capitalize on it and get it to people that aren't just my close network to watch as like all right how do i get actual this is like a good trial period to just like mm-hmm. how do i expand it and then yeah. again keep growing from there but i know oh did you have any thoughts there okay no i'm just <laughs> thinking about what your movie is about <laughs> i want to know more about this tell me, sure. tell me about it so the movie to sidetrack to me for a second so <laughs> no it's all good um it's a nice little uh i i kind of jokingly call it a drum com where it's like a romantic dramatic mm. comedy wow That's uh incredible. so uh it's about um rachel who is a an agoraphobic life coach mm. and she i'm not sure if you're familiar with agoraphobia Oh, uh, it is it I'm not sure. It's like an anxiety, the high anxiety, uh basically like the fear of venturing out into the world. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Yeah. Where the ultimate fear or like a potential ultimate fear of somebody who's agoraphobic is not only just being outside, it's like the fear of of sudden death and people yeah. Oh, strangers. Yeah, exactly. So the worst case scenario would be like you're out like at a at a big mall, an outdoor mall or something and mm-hmm. big crowds around you, you're freaking out, and you want to get home, and your heart's like racing and you're like you're going to you're afraid you're going to have a heart attack and die. Okay. And so the worst thing is like not only are you dying, <laughs> but you're also embarrassing yourself in front of all these strangers right. and like just all that fear combined. Right, right. So yeah. so the way to avoid it is just you stay home and uh avoid the world. So it's her journey to get back into the world. Mm-hmm. And she has that that uh she's 
she's got um, some form of agoraphobia and she makes her living uh, as a life coach. Mm-hmm. So she's kind of telling people how to, helping people how to live while, while oh. she, um, her side is. Oh, wow. Wow. Is and not how, living. Is it a feature? Is it a short It's film? a feature film. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Sweet. I shot that a couple years ago. Oh, nice. Yeah. I can't, I can't read. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm so, so it's, excited. So I'm excited for you to see it. <laughs> I'm excited <laughs> for you to see it. Um, but yeah, it's just another one of those things like when you say uh, putting yourself out there or yeah. kind of along those lines, it's not enough to just harness the skill set of like, oh, I made a movie. It's like, well, so right. what? Can you convince me that you can make another one or can you mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff? So it's fun times, fun it's, times. Because yeah. I know you, last time we talked, because we were, um, we're helping um, – Mr. Mark Hensley oh, yeah. kind of shoot some stuff for for a crowdfunding campaign for his upcoming feature. Right. And um, on the drive home, you're talking about a book you're reading. That okay. oh. How, how's that coming? <laughs> so that's my way of exploring um, how to be more, how to put myself out there. Mm-hmm. Because um, so this book is called uh, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, explores more about how to be social, how to, um, you know, like, how to be more likable, how mm. to basically influence people into liking your work, even even if it's not about liking your work, it's more about liking you, how mm. to win friends and influence people. Sure. So what, what are the... <laughs> Have you finished the book? or no. Okay, what have you, what are the keys that you've learned so far? Like, what, what, what is stuff that you've <laughs> kind of like, all right, this is stuff I could try and do. Like, what, what's on your list right now? Because being, being social is kind of difficult right now. With, I, haven't, uh, I haven't touched that book <laughs> <laughs> yet. I have read like 15 pages. <laughs> all right, well. And then I've just start. been busy. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I really want to finish it as soon as possible so that, you know. Yeah, because they, all right, what, what, what are your thoughts on it, on the ideas of it so far? Like, how does one create stuff that people will like? Or how, how what makes somebody likable to you? Like, how does, I think it's all about how good you are with them how good at communication you are um it's basically the last thing i read in that book was when you have to tell people that a certain thing is necessary you know for say you're on a you're on a what do you call it a film set a film set and um, you want to convince people to wear those uh, hats what do you call them let's say the construction hats. sites and those um, oh, a hard hat hard hat I right you, i thought you're gonna say like one of those face shields or something but <laughs> for for covid days but oh yes let's cut that let's say <laughs> you're on a film set and you have to 
tell people that you know you have to wear the face shield your your masks um, and they're just gonna not like you if you just go straight up to them and be like please wear it like be mm-hmm. rude or something they're just not gonna follow it but if you ask them tell them what they have in it what what's mm. good for them in it that's when it actually works that's when they actually consider it um that's when they actually even like you because you're being kind you're being reasonable yeah so that's what i learned um right words is words give not... them what they want basically give them what's good for them yeah um i guess <laughs> yeah make it uh well i mean okay for sure for sure it it so it's not really what you say it's how you say it it's how you say it basically and no that makes sense because I, I i've read my my fair share of of like the self-help books and mm-hmm. and and uh efficiency books and all that kind of stuff where i know or it was like I think one of the early books that I read when I was still working at a call center, transitioning into freelance life, Ooh. it was, uh, um, I think the book was called like, You Can Negotiate Anything. Oh, wow. okay. So it was kind of like negotiation tactics and like tactic number, uh, the overall base tactic is make it a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's not just, it's not just I want to, I want time off from work. It's like trying to make it like I'm working with you and you want to keep me right. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I do good. I show up. I'm willing to quit my job, mm-hmm. but ideally I could still work here and I really like you and yeah. let's make this work. Can I have Tuesdays and Thursdays off early because of this? I've got my re- like kind of that transparency and letting them know that you're trying to trying to make it work yeah and i was able to negotiate like early i had like the i was the only person in the office with like a like a special schedule where mm-hmm. i mean i think i lied about like going to college or something because <laughs> i was done with, i had graduated but like I, I mentioned i was taking some additional classes or something like that so i had to like fake a whole schedule sometimes to squeak out some of the stuff but mm-hmm. most of the time i you know whatever <laughs> there's some fudging some white lies in there <laughs> They just need to see if you're trying. Um, so, let me ask you, how did you get into filmmaking? Oh, wow. That's... Oh. <laughs> and what aspect <laughs> of filmmaking do you like the most? Okay, well, you... First, let me ask you a question. Okay. Bounce it. How... When you... What do you see me as uh, when it comes to uh, film? Films. Um... I think you're you can make a very good director and you are a good script supervisor have um, you seen me script supervise yeah uh, not no. professionally but you were oh. like the the set we worked on uh, with michelle mm. uh, that day you were like working as uh the sound yeah kind of mixer but um there were these times when you you'd just jump in as a script supervisor like so well that should go over there and um it would be good for you to do this 
Oh, and the, oh. One, and, and the 180 line and stuff, too. I, I helped yeah, you out on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. You remember. I have a bad memory. Sorry. No, but no, yeah, no. But you... yeah, it stuck to my head. Like. Okay. So, directors. Okay. Primarily, what I focus on these days is directing and script supervising. Those are the two aspects that I have the most fun in. Um, I also feel like I'm really good on the assistant director side too with mm-hmm. scheduling and mm-hmm. coordinating and, and getting stuff done, keeping us on schedule, understanding what needs to be done and coordinating all of that. Um, so those are, those, are my, those are my big three, I'll call them. But I don't really AD as much anymore. Uh, but I may be doing more of that soon. Let me also put in that you're a very good uh, script writer, screenplay writer, basically. Mm. When you uh, put my vision on that, those papers, oh my God, I was like mind blown. Really, I'm not even kidding. Oh, you were mind blown, dang. I was like, this thing, (laughs) I want to shoot this thing right away, but yeah, well. (laughs) All right, okay, well, we're... (laughs) I'll, all right, to talk on that for a moment, then I'll yeah. get back to me again. Yes, yes. I, I also enjoy speaking. It takes uh-huh. some weight off the of you. Of course, sorry. Um, you're referring to, okay, so you are, you moved to the States mm-hmm. for film school. Yeah. And you attended the New York Film Academy, mm-hmm. NIFA. Yeah. In Los Angeles. Um, I... Uh, we connected via Instagram, I believe. Oh, yeah. yeah. And we had worked on, like, we had collaborated on, like, a couple of small things. And then you mentioned uh, that you could use a director for your senior, like, your thesis. Yeah. Or what project was it? Was it considered it was, a thesis? Uh, my semester two project. Okay. Semester Intermediate. Sure. So <laughs> I was like, sweet, cool. I would love to direct for you. So then you were you pitched me the story, and then I wrote it and try to use my producer brain too to keep it producible for the yeah. the constraints you were saying at the time. Of course, COVID. You were pretty much in college through most of COVID. Yeah. So that pretty much. We'll get to that, but <laughs> primarily the project didn't end up kind of happening because of all of the back and forth with the school and right. what they're yeah. going to allow t- to happen and. All that. So regardless, I'm glad you liked the script. I was very happy with it too because it was more... um, The genre was dark and kind of eerie and scary, but like in like a nice subtle, like more of a subtle way, but it still had like horror elements and kind of this unsettling vibe with it. So it's not really my main writing (laughs) thing, but I was happy that I felt like your vision... With how I wrote, I don't know. I thought it came out good too. No, was, yeah, definitely. So we'll see. We'll see if that sees the light of day ever. But <laughs> no worries, no pressure. Um, but yeah. I got. I don't. I don't know if we've ever talked about it before. But like, I got into film. I graduated from college with an engineering degree. Oh wow! And then my plan was to, at some point, I think my last semester of college, I had done so much math. That I'm like, I could really use some sort of just like fun class to have this break. Because like thermodynamics and calculus and all that kind of stuff was torture. <laughs> for sure. So I took a acting one-on-one class for some reason. I think, I think the summer before my final year, 
I was talking with another buddy that was mentioning that he also wanted to jump into film. Oh. And he was telling me about his plan, and I was like, all right, sweet, when you get yours going, like, like, like you know, bring me along. And he's like, well, you know, unless you, I mean, if you don't have any experience, I can't really vouch for you, because, mm-hmm. like, so I'm like, all right, well, I got to get myself <laughs> some experience. And I wanted okay. to be an actor first, uh, so I took, oh, I took wow. Acting 101. Um, I did not know you wanted to be an actor. Yeah. Wow. It was very brief. It's, in the grand scheme of things, it didn't last very long. Oh, all right. Um, but I, the acting class really helped. Um, if, if, if you're ever looking to... I feel like it helped me with my person skills, too, and just being open with myself. Like, acting really forces you mm-hmm. to dig deep and, like, who am I? Oh. What do I have to offer? How do I bring the it vulnerability. out? How do I bring it out and open and, and showcase it? Which is a very difficult, yes, scary. <laughs> so that was a that was a good time. Very a lot of anxiety going through that, but I think I feel like I grew a lot through that process too, and uh, did a couple of theater plays that summer into the winter, and then took an acting workshop where I was doing like scene study and, and kind of doing a, a a class outside and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was from Reno, which uh, it's not a film town, and I had to kind of like figure out, well, I don't want to do theater. Like theater's not really, like I want to be in movies. I don't want to be on the stage. Right. So I started producing my own stuff. And then wow. quickie version, produced my own stuff. Realized I don't like acting. Oh. But I like the, I like the putting it Process, together yeah. and writing it and editing it. Like all that kind of stuff was mm-hmm. fun. So I'm like, let me put somebody else on the front of the camera, kind of right. solves that issue, mm-hmm. and move forward with that. And I didn't discover script supervising until like maybe like five years in or something like that. Oh wow! And then that's when I moved oh, to Los sweet. Angeles. <gasps> Ooh! All right. Cool. How has your experience been in Los Angeles? <laughs> All right. Um, I I don't know how. I need to talk to more people about their first couple of years uh, that have been here longer. But my first year was about making the movie. Mm-hmm. So I landed here and I was like, I made like 80 short films. Let me try. Oh let me, uh, let's, let's up the game. Let's make a feature. Oh. And, uh, and also build the foundation of freelance life right. and sort of survive here while also making a feature. Yeah. So that was difficult. But 80 short films? Yeah. Yeah, in, in Reno, I uh, founded a, a community film group. And we would kind of like just make stuff. We would make two short films a month for like three years. And they add up quick. So that was, that was my film school, was just wow. like making and trying new stuff and trying different roles and getting stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um, but so when I got to LA, I was like, I'm really good at getting people together. I'm really good at seeing stuff through and getting it done and putting it out there. So I just have to do the same thing again with a new pool of people that have more experience that are also like a little bit more inclined to push with their own crafts, right. like all that kind of stuff. So I'm like kind of piling up, like kind of like picking people off the sets that I've worked on. I'm like, all right, sweet. I want to work with you. I want to work with you. <laughs> and then eventually when I made my movie, I, I had a, 
a good enough network to where I could make that. But that was like year one was that, and then year two was 2020, which of course was the year that it was, where like stuff was really getting going for me on the freelance life. And I'm like, mm-hmm. this is good. I'm getting like really high paying commercial gigs. I'm on features. And then uh, year two was also about getting the feature out of the edit. Sorry, what? Getting, getting the movie out, oh, of, yeah. out of post-production. Oh, yeah. Your movie. Yeah. And then uh, here we are midway through year three and stuff is picking back up again. But I don't know specifically what you're curious about on the LA experience for me, but... Like, how do you find LA? Like, how is it living here? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you told me about your uh, filmmaking experience and everything. I well, want to know more about... Being in the city. Yeah, being uh, in the city, how hectic is of like working on film sets, um, how do you find the people here, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. your experiences with different kind of people in the you, industry. All right, do you mind if, if you answer those questions first? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, can, I can answer a couple. LA for me is a stress pit. It's very scary. There's a lot of weight and pressure that the city puts on you to succeed. The the high rents, the oh, yeah. the everybody that that I've lived with, they also feel the pressure because they're also going through and trying to pursue their own stuff. So relationships are difficult because everybody is just stressed trying to make yes. it, and then also sustain a relationship of either friendship or otherwise. And uh, and traffic is crazy and. <laughs> Everything is packed, and especially like right now, there are really long lines everywhere because you know restaurants have limited availability and parking is a pain. And <laughs> so, really, my thing about LA is like I wouldn't live here if I wasn't doing film, and I very I don't do much outside of film. Like I was kind of joking with another buddy recently that I had the thought. That, like, I don't have a life. Oh, my God. You know, like, outside of, like, there's work. And that's kind of, like, all I do. All you do. It's like, all right, it's either developing projects to shoot, finishing projects I've shot, trying to get on set to work. Like, it's kind of like the life. But don't you think that is better in this age and this, at this time, like, isn't that what you require? I th- I th- yeah, I feel like it's necessary. Mm-hmm. It's just like, it was like a weird thought. I'm like, I don't really mind. Because there's not really anything to do in this town right now anyway. Like, I can go exactly. to the beach, which is cool and chill, <laughs> which I enjoy. Yeah. But I've never really been like a good big entertainment person mm-hmm. to go to concerts and stuff. But. Oh, I see. So there's that. I miss, I miss the, uh, I, w- I would do coffee a lot with people oh. in the early days. I would always be meeting up for coffee, different yeah. cool hipster spots and whatnot. But You're making me nostalgic now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's good times. I miss them. I miss them. But at the same time, I kind of, I don't know, I feel like I've almost moved past the coffee mm. meetup. But it almost feels like... Now it's all virtual meetups. It's like, can't we just like, I'll just have you on the podcast. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> um, okay, so what about... 
you because you you came in a couple months before COVID hit. So. Oh yeah. Um. Well. How do you find it? It was like a, a dream coming here, going to Naifa. It was like a dream come true. Mm. In fact, um, February and March. I came in January, like twenty fifth January, twenty twenty, and Feb and March were like the best. Mm. two months of my life or something mm. it was like heaven on earth i was like hustling going to school meeting new people um there was like cultural shock here mm. and there but then i tell me about that uh, i want to hear more about that <laughs> uh you know it, it it's a, a little weird being surrounded by different other different cultures and ethnicities and there's such diversity over here. Mm-hmm. I'm used to being only surrounded by Indians back in India. Right, like, right. But U.S., the land of the free... Uh, especially Los Angeles. Especially yeah. Los Angeles, yes. And So I was like overwhelmed so much that I wasn't able to accept the fact that I'm here. I wasn't like... It took me a long time um taking it all in like i was just like floating basically the first two months um my instructors were like really good and i was doing the thing i you know i've dreamt about yeah it was all coming to my dreams were coming coming to life basically (laughs) and then covid hit I think that's when I met you. Like, that's when we connected on Instagram. I guess. Uh, yeah, but after that, literally, like everything started collapsing. We had to accept the fact that there, there are no not gonna be in-person classes for the the rest of my time in the school. <laughs> so. Yeah, um, everything was online. The fact that my course, uh, cinematography, requires more hands-on experience, practical uh, things and everything, but all of that was converted into online training. Um, but yeah, we were like given the opportunity to you know, shoot our projects, but not the way we want them to be, you know, like too many restrictions in pre-production and everything. And getting a green light was like almost impossible like yeah it was like basically very difficult to focus on the art and it was all about covid 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 yes i understand the way (laughs) everything was all about that but then me and the my me and my friends basically who came here to do something to make something out of their lives we all decided that, you know, it's not about the school anymore. It's about us and our reels. Our reels, yeah. So mm-hmm. let's just do whatever it takes to get it done. So we started hustling, but yeah, we were not allowed to shoot outside our apartments and uh, yeah, a lot of restrictions even there. But I think it's my friends um, and my colleagues that 
helped me, you know, get where I am right now. A lot of it was them. So yeah, credits to them. Yeah, <laughs> so, because filmmaking, of course, is already difficult. Yeah. So <laughs> can you talk a little bit about what restrictions a school was asking you to fulfill in order to shoot, if you if you recall yeah. those specifics? Um, just like maintaining distance even on set. Like, how do you expect a focus puller to be away from the camera? But yeah, I mean, we figured all that out. Um, limited people in a specific area. Um, even with the actors, they were not supposed to be intimate, intimate or anything like no intimacy scenes because then you have to be like really close. Mm-hmm. Um, the camera is supposed to be way far away, like okay, six feet, feet distance from the actors and everything. So we couldn't get the, you know, the shots that we wanted. We had to like yeah. um, change things in our script, scripts. Everything was difficult. Uh, wearing ma- so, I've worked a lot as a grip as well. Um, so. Mm. It's, it gets difficult after a point, wearing your mask and lifting those mm. heavy equipments. It, it just gets difficult. Sure, sure. And one moment you remove your mask <laughs> and you're like, oh, you call it. Just Put your mask back on. Put your mask back on! So, <laughs> it good. was a That's little... That's good. Because I've been on plenty of sets where masks <laughs> are coming off and nobody cares. It was, the safety meetings were all about COVID. Sure. Of course, I mean, I get it. Mm. But yeah. Well. A lot of that. So I wanted to, all right. I don't know. All right, so back to Los Angeles. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Culture shock, diversity. Yeah. Very interesting. Because I've talked about it before, but I've only been out of the country once. I went to, You've not been out of the country once. I've only been out of the country overseas once, okay. and it was for Indonesia. Oh. And I was—I wouldn't call it culture shocked. Maybe I—I I don't know, but it was weird for me having the reverse effect, where it's like there are only Indonesian people here, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like the American that's taller, and like I was tall there, and it goes just weird, but. It was different. I was like, whoa. I'm used to seeing <laughs> you know, different shapes and heights and sizes. and Talking about tall people, uh, I recently took a trip back to India. Right. And um, I had got some you know, gifts and clothes for my parents and everything. I went back and I realized I took like extra large sized clothes according to the people that I see here, while my parents are like, small and tiny, yeah. <laughs> as they were, and I'm just like, shit. You forgot so, how, how big, how. Yeah, <laughs> how taller. <laughs> I just, I got used to seeing tall and different size people <laughs> over here, that I completely forgot what my family looked like. Dang. That's so sad. <laughs> but then, 
Yeah, things to remember the next time I go back to India. Hopefully. Uh-huh. But yeah, um, things like, you know, so this one time, like, I was walking on the left side of the lane, on the footpath. Mm-hmm. And people were just like, when they were like, coming in front of me, no, right, they right. wanted to come from their right side. And I was like, why on earth aren't they just like, going from my right side? What's Then I realized, like, here they have like, left hand... Oh. The driving, yeah. Left hand driving? Yeah. yeah, left hand driving or something, right? The driver is on the left side, but you're driving on the right side of the road. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's different in India, it's the opposite. Yeah. So, just small things like that. Uh, yeah, there's no kilos, it's miles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just small things. And basically, like, having such amazing instructors, I'm not used to that. Mm. from where I come from like I've had not such good instructors Mm. I would say people over here talk more about their experience like my instructors particularly they talked more about their experiences and where they went wrong and what their way of uh, working is rather than the conventional, oh, this is what you should do, and this is what you should, like, this is the only way you should do this, and there's no other way. Over here, like, we were given more um, variety, Uh, we were, like, given different plates to choose from, basically, I would say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And people are, like, really kind here. I have never in my life seen, like, strangers come up to me asking how I'm doing. <laughs> really? People, yeah, like in India, you just like give a what, straight up bitch face look, I guess. You can censor that. I <laughs> no, it's all good. Chill. <laughs> when they walk by, but over here people are always really very friendly, greeting you here and there. That's good. It's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> well, grad students. Oh, you've had um, Indian instructors? I, I had, I think I can recall one in particular. But I recall seeing a lot of them in the lab and stuff. Yeah. Indians are crazy. <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> well, they make up a large chunk of the population of the world. Yeah, right. So, Math. <laughs> All right, we're not, I'll, I'll jump in at this point here. We, don't have to, we probably won't use that. <laughs> Where were we? Mm-hmm. Oh. Oh, Los Angeles? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to pull up the text here. All right. Um, okay, I wanted to talk to you about 
where you're at right now and uh, your thought process on this next phase, this next chapter, I'll call it, of, uh, of your life, of your time in L.A. Mm -hmm. Not to stress you out, but uh, you recently graduated yeah. from, from, your, from your time at NIFA. So congrats on that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and uh, like you said, you, you went home and, and took some time back, back in India for a bit. And then yeah. now you're back and jumping into the, uh, I was teasing you earlier about like, welcome to the real world now and like freelance life and, oh, yeah. and that kind of stuff. So what, uh, what is it, what is, what is it like and what, what's, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> so it was so difficult coming back from India, mm. let me tell you, because <laughs> I knew that this mm. is the time, this is the year, a golden ticket that decides what happens to me. I'm so sorry. Phone's on silent, everybody? I'm so sorry. Just kidding. It's fine. <laughs> like, this is the, this is the year that I need to, you know, mm -hmm. prove to myself, my parents, the world, because, Whoa. um. A lot of pressure. I. Okay. I like my country, um, but I don't like the quality of cinema that goes in there. I don't know if you should put this on. <laughs> no, it's just, it's just an opinion. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. And you're but, being general as well. I don't know what... I don't have much experience watching uh, Indian films. But. Yeah. Um, they're entertaining and audience want wants that it's what they're looking for in india uh, um, they do a nine to five job all they want is entertainment out of cinema mm -hmm. and um, now um other movies like let's say periodic movies or like good movies are like coming up in india uh, in bollywood but at the same time, it's all quantity over quality over there, mm. according to me. Um, I like the quality of movies over here, narratives. So yeah, that's, that's the plan. Um, but yeah, this year decides whether, you know, I will be able to sure, work sure. here or go back to India. So... Yeah, what are the, how does it play out? Because I don't know how it works. So I understand the aspect of it, of this is the year that determines yeah. what, what path I'm going to be on because I felt like that every single year that I've been here. It's like, all right, got <laughs> to get this foundation built. And if I can do that, if I can do that, I can stay. If I can't do that, I guess... Got to figure something else out. All right, I did that. Okay, now I've got to figure this next part out for this next year. That'll determine everything else. Um, so is it more like that, or is there another so, yeah, no. element on There's there There's the saying that after my graduation, we're, giving, we're given this whole year for our optional practical training, as they call it. It's one year of work, basically, 
on student visa. Mm. I'm still on student visa. And after this, once the student visa is over, I'll either have to apply for an Owen visa, which is work visa, or go back, basically. So that is if I don't get a work visa. And it mm. is kind of difficult getting work visa in the US. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, How? not so difficult. You just have to work for it. So, yeah, work this for is that the year. <laughs> okay. Those are some high stakes. Yeah. You know, like getting your work out there, uh, winning a decent amount of uh, film festivals, mm-hmm. just all of that. Some accolades and pay, ideally. Yeah. Oh, and since, Cause like you said, living over here is expensive. It is very expensive. The rent is so expensive. Like, so I aim on at okay. least like you know sustaining myself. Yes. All right. Um, <laughs> okay. I'm trying to think. Uh, so, <laughs> what? What is entailed? What? What needs to? Okay, accolades take time, too, is the other thing that I'm thinking about as well. What's the word that you're using? Accolade. It's like awards. Like, accolade is like recognition for... Oh, uh, okay. Just like a... a, a, a yeah. I got I it. Yeah. It's a new word to Accolade. Me. I'm going to note it down in my... Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So, yes. Gaining recognition in film festivals yeah. doesn't happen in a year. Because, or that's, which I don't mean to stress you out again. I guess just something I'm thinking about and trying to, how, yeah. how, how, how this works. Because yeah. even if we made a film today, submitted it to Sundance, like Sundance isn't until next yes. year. Yeah. And then the accolades don't come until like the event happens and then they announce the, fil- the feature film best of show. Yeah. That sounds like a dog award. No, it's not best of show. <laughs> it's best of fest or something. Uh-huh. Um, so like I'm trying to imagine. Of course, there's plenty that'll that'll drop by the end of the year and stuff. Those are maybe like a more local film fest and stuff. But it's basically how good your work is and mm. how people want you to be here. Basically, how bad they want you right. to work for them. Basically, just all that. <laughs> yeah. Making it's, your okay. So you're t- so. In a nutshell, your success depends on the opinion of others. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, which I guess is kind of like Art in general. Needs validation. Fil- yeah. <laughs> it's just. I'm not a fan. I, I've told. I've, I don't know. If, I I'm not a fan of film festivals at all. Uh-huh. Yeah. I hate the film festival circuit, and I put it off for like ever. I. <laughs> yeah, I got my first award. Anyway, I got Tell my first. I got my first award. From a film fest just like this last or in February. Wow. Um, and I oh, have this tendency to just talk things down. I'm like, uh, like what? this film, like, you don't know. Like, come on. Be proud of you. Sure, it's cool. <laughs> I just don't understand why people care so much that an award came in. Like, that's mm-hmm. just a weird thing in my brain where it's like, all right, it's cool that these other people acknowledge that the work is good. But why do you 
care so much that they care that they like why don't you just mm-hmm. like doesn't you liking it enough mm-hmm. like why do you need them to also like but no yeah i totally it's, it's a weird um it's a it, weird thing it matters more to me because uh, <laughs> that's my ticket to <laughs> that's different <laughs> okay so how does i don't know if you if you're too familiar in it with it but i'm definitely not with uh, what does it take to get a work visa and continue living here especially in the film industry how does that how does that work recommendations from uh, good known people um, the so the people you work for sometimes they help you get the work visa because they might want you to continue uh, working for them and stuff like that yeah and then the, there's this artist visa which you have to you know convince them that you're good enough and your art is like liked by people here and that mm-hmm. they need you over here or something yeah you're contributing to yeah the states i the guess states. You're yes. offering something that mm-hmm. that 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 people they don't have you know. or something. Yeah, I guess. But considering there's so much competition here, sure, <laughs> always the case. It scares me. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, you gotta keep trying. You gotta keep pushing, right? For sure, yeah. for sure, all the best. So that's the goal for this whole year. <clears throat> Well, okay. I mean, that's 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 a big, broad goal. I am curious to like. So, is it primarily? I don't know what you're interested in doing either. Like, I know you. I I know you as a like I said, a cinematographer, director of photography. Well, you also mentioned that you you can AC, which I'll I don't know I don't know. So you mentioned focus pulling. That's the first AC, the first assistant camera. I can AC, I can gaff, I can grip, like, anything. Anything uh, on the, on the cinematography side, you can light and you can, but, okay. Well, well, rank the positions in favorability. Like if you're being, if if you're being brought onto a project and you can choose between being a gaffer and a grip or a second AC versus a first AC, I don't know. Like, sure, just... what my best uh, skills are. I'm thinking more about what do you have, the combination of the skills and having fun. Like, mm-hmm. if you're not um, being brought on as a DP, because that's, of course, your... The... Uh, so, on the top is obviously, like, cine, uh, DP. Sure, of course. Then comes gaffing. Uh, then comes first tasting. Then second AC, then grouping. Actually, I also like PD. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's how. Uh, so back in India, I worked a lot as a PD, and people really started liking my work. Uh, I like that artsy, artsy side. I I like to decide what goes on the frame, basically. Mm-hmm. So even. Um, even here, when I'm told that PD is not my department as a DP, as a director of photography, 
I don't understand why, because, well, I'm the person who decides the frame. Um, I want my frame to look good. So am I not the one to give my input on what goes on the PD, you know? Yeah, and to clarify for people, just in case, PD, production yeah. designer. Is yeah. art director. It's like what goes on the set. Um, basically, all the accessories, just designing the set, dressing up the set mm -hmm. is PD. For sure. Because I know I've worked with uh, different DPs that have... Yeah, I mean, of course, filmmaking ideally is a nice collaborative effort <laughs> where if you are the DP, you are communicating with the PD, with talking about here's the frame I'm looking for, what could we put here, mm. and having that back and forth. And like you could even suggest, is there any way we can get that sign over here? Yeah. Or they could come to you with the idea if you're just like, this is looking empty, what can we put here? Because mm. like, they obviously, they should have a better idea of what they're working with yeah. than what you know. It's like, well, we could do this. And you're like, oh, great idea. We just need something to look better. Just collaboration. Um, so that's kind of how I see it. I feel like that is very important. Mm -hmm. and that's. It's all in the pre-production. and it, Your film depends on how good your pre-production is. I've realized that. <laughs> have you have you tried to go into a film with no pre-production before or how did oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i've done that a lot uh even on our set the very first film that we worked on mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um well this did not this didn't happen i was like yeah it's a f but also the fact that i i like doing things um spontaneously like as i see that i as i see it i guess but then i've also realized if you want to work with a lot of people big crew you need to have like a good pre-production um, gotta have a plan you gotta have a plan <laughs> yes <laughs> they don't teach you that in film school <laughs> um okay all right, so no pressure, no pressure on this on twenty twenty one. It sounds like just no pressure. Just just be awesome and do your thing, and, and we'll see what happens. Right? Oh yeah. Woo! Thank you so much. Yeah, crazy. I hope, I hope it goes well for you too. Oh, thank you. I have heard you're also coming up with a new uh, new feature. Yeah, we're not we're not talking about that so oh, much, so no. much. I forgot to give you the heads up. It's a secret. <sighs> I'll talk about that more later off camera. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, for now, releasing the new movie. <laughs> I'm excited for yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm writing stuff and thinking about uh, how I, in my own world, level up and trying to join the Script Supervisor Union, mm -hmm. too, and go mm -hmm. union there so I can get That's them union sweet. shows, which will be, which would be super cool. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. They slack over there at the at contract services, mm -hmm. um, for sure, which isn't a secret. That's I don't know if you're familiar. I don't know if you guys have to go through the. No. That's it's those are the people that I submit all my paperwork to. They're like the middle people between the union and me that help count all my days and all that kind oh. of stuff. To, 
give, give the thumbs up to the union that I'm, I qualify, I think is how it works. Um, I have some idea, but I haven't dug deeper into that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, good luck with that. Oh yeah, thank you, thank you. I'm just looking at my notes. I'm yeah. not trying to text people in the middle of this. <laughs> um, okay, so what... Oh, before that. Oh, please. please. I'd like to know what platforms you're releasing this oh. film on. Uh, yeah, so it's what's on the inside coming April 2nd, 2021. Is, so we landed a distributor, and how that works is uh, they're the ones who submit to all the platforms. Um, I almost forget the name of the newest one they sent to us. I'm not familiar with them. It's like, all right, the, the, the main recognizable one that I feel like most people will go and watch it on is Amazon Prime Video. And then it's available on Fandango Now, uh, Cable VOD, and like view view ubiquity or something kind of weird and i'm not mm. familiar with that one at all but <laughs> i put it in some of the promo material oh sweet so it's available in multiple spots mm -hmm. uh and then it's also available for uh you can buy it as a dvd too oh, if, nice. if you still watch dvds sweet. Um, i want to sign dvd <laughs> oh there you go please please um yeah because i i'm Pretty sure I'll buy one for myself just as a as a memento of physical. Oh yeah. Frame that thing up somewhere. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah. I'm happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, I want to talk about um. Your I don't know what. Okay, I want to jump into filmmaking again a little bit here. Because yeah. um, you mentioned the the jumping to Los Angeles and learning from great instructors. And because uh, I know I've been able to watch you work at different stages of you being here, of course. Yeah. And I'm trying to watch for like, all right, like what what you've been doing differently or what's going on but um what uh how do you approach um this is a little bit of more of like a, a pitching yourself but how do you approach the position of of cinematographer what's your how do you like when let's say when a director um wants to hire a DP for the project, mm. like what are those conversations, how, what do those um, look like? What's your experience with that and, and kind of explaining how you approach things and well, how, yeah. I believe that you have to do whatever it takes to uh, provide to the story, serve the story, I would say. And I'm not at a position where I decide what my, uh, you know, what kind of stories I want to go for as of now. Right now, I'm just like open to whatever scripts that come to me. Um, but yeah, when a director comes up to me and describes what they want for a particular movie, um, I ask them about what, you know, 
what the kind of look they are going for, what uh, we talk about. It's almost always kind of like a normal, casual conversations about their favorite movies mm -hmm. and what their inspiration is behind the script that they've written. So then, you know, I go through all of that. Um, yeah, I create like a lookbook for them mm. on what I got out of that script or whatever. Yeah, I mean. So yeah. when you say, all right, how do you go through that lookbook process? What's your... So I break down the uh, script mostly by the characters and the locations and how the okay. lighting would go in that particular location um the color palette mm -hmm. um yeah that holds a lot of importance because then um, it decides your lighting whether it's interior exterior whether um what kind of lighting it is is it low key lighting reverse key lighting like um yeah all of that sort and basically i just put down a description of what i got out of that script and if they like it that i mean that's how i pitch my work to them if they like it they would go for it uh, or maybe they would just try to Tweak it a little bit here and there, but that's about it. Sorry. You hungry? No, no big I guess. <laughs> okay, mm. no, that sounds about right to me. Um, all right, so huh, that's always a tough part too. Uh, so, I'm, do you have a demo reel up? Oh yeah. You do right have, now. have I seen it before? Have you seen my demo reel? I don't feel like it's I on have. my Instagram bio. <laughs> <laughs> how how long has it been there? I don't recall. Uh, Maybe I've seen it. A month, actually. Okay, I probably haven't seen it then. I feel <laughs> no more than. A I month. don't. I don't think I've seen it before. Okay, because I it is always kind of like. I don't know how I look at uh, at DPs. Like, I think, I don't know, it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> How you look at DPs. So what do you expect from a DP when you approach Because for me, I think more about the personal interaction and how the mm -hmm. conversations are going to go on set. Like, I don't, I, I, I like to gauge how we communicate more than what you've done before. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like, all right, sweet, can you work? This is how I work, and I'll present myself as like, all right, well, we don't have much of a budget here, so <laughs> start off with that. So sorry. Uh, yeah. But I love what you do. Let's make something, or whatever the case is. Right. And uh, I normally just kind of pitch. It's like, I guess... I don't know. I could. I like to say, like for instance, the thing that I've done a lot lately is, I like when the camera is handheld. Like mm -hmm. I prefer that over over tripod and and steady stuff. But I feel like it's just because I, I love indie, 
and the indie look so much versus yeah. trying to fake my zero budget for a high mm. budget with like smooth stuff with right. it's like no we're gonna lean into it let's just like be in the moment with some handheld kind of yeah whatever and then I kind of I make sure I state that that's a look I like and then mm. if the DP is for it then it's a good fit and if they're like actually I, I'm, I want more of um like a Wes Anderson kind of vibe where it's, you know, very stylized, symmetrical. Like it's mm-hmm. very, the PD is very important in those. Yeah, cost, like all that kind of stuff. It's more of a full encompassing single shot versus like, that's not really what, I, what I've what i had the luxury of doing. I kind of like the idea of pushing for that at some point. But I, I guess I just look for, do we vibe? can I trust you and you give me an accurate time on set if I'm like because often it's good to know the reliability of how much time we have and what we're trying to do and that's your AD inside you my AD inside brain because I like to know (laughs) all right sweet we do have time for me to talk to the actors and and we can block this and we can really hone this in before we get the camera up on it or sometimes the camera comes first and we gotta figure this out, and then we'll dictate action around the camera a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that I can trust my DP to roll with whichever one we're going with, and to understand where we are, versus trying to push their methods onto the production, where it's like, no, 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 you're not the most important person here. I know you think you are, but let's think about the whole show yeah, right. and, and how to make this good. Mm. I don't know. See, as I said, like, communication, it's so important, like, yeah, I mean, I agree, Uh, (laughs) as a director, you need to know who you're working with, you need to be able to um, communicate and be on the same page with them, that's what I've learned from working with different directors, Mm -hmm. but yeah. What, uh, what stuff could be helpful like what are things that directors could do better from your perspective on communicating with you that you maybe felt like you're not getting enough information and if they said this or this or this or this or gave you this it'd be more helpful um so sometimes directors have like the some directors that i've worked with um some directors <laughs> that I've worked with, um, they like they would like whatever you do, like as a DP. If you give them this angle, they'd just be like, "Yeah, I love this." And then at the same time, if you give them just a little bit another angle, they, "Yeah, I love this." So they actually just like everything that you do. Mm. Sometimes mm. they have. Very little I, I say. Can, I can be like that. You can be like that? Yeah. <laughs> they have very little say in what they want a lot of times. And that's when, um, as a DP, I realize, you know, I have to step up and take charge and, like, decide what would be good mm. um, on my reel, on their reel, on the story. Sure. For the story. Um, so... I, that's a little bit difficult on the set 
when it comes to like spontaneous shooting so that's when you know i decided like okay we should like you know we should have talked about this in pre production like what exactly what uh, they're looking for but then there are also directors who are very specific with the lighting they want the angle they want and the the dp is just there like helping out yeah sure okay i'll do that i'll do that so yeah i mean finding a middle ground over there like yeah if this works for you and this works for me we can do something in the in here between both yeah, of these yeah, things yeah. or something yeah. like that but yeah it's kind of it kind of feels how how the direction I've I've definitely grown into because I know when uh, when we shot it's what's on the inside I went very specifically through each scene and shot because being that I knew that I was going to end up editing it too like I was in I wrote it and I broke it down as a director yeah. and then I shot listed it in a way where I'm like okay I'm going to edit this so let me shoot it in a way where I know how the edit's going to play so we're not getting extra coverage we don't need yeah see so yeah. Um, so I was very, sp very specific at certain points, but then like our budget was so small. Like I didn't have like a director monitor. I would peek over at the frame, Aww. and the the DP would have to like, hey, do you want to see the frame? And I'm like, I trust, I trust, you, I trust you, bro. <laughs> I trust you, dude. <laughs> and uh, and it worked out. Um, but he would be like, no, like come look at the frame. I need you to sign off on this. And I'm like, fine, I'll look at the frame. <laughs> I just trust you. I just trust and you. And I go look at it. it and I'm like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> but sometimes I guess it'd be like, actually, can we push in a little bit on that or whatever? But because then um, when they don't know what, I mean, when it's not about them not knowing, when you just be like, yeah, I'm okay with this. And then I'm okay with that too. That's when I feel like, you know, the oh, you mean director when, you is mean, hiding something. You mean when there's options or, or what do you mean? Like, when they're just like fine with the frame that I said, that's when I feel like, oh, something I'm not doing. Like, oh, you know, I'm. Is that kind of like the relationship kind of thing where it's like, how are you doing? And then you're like, oh, I'm fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. It's like, no, you're not fine. Tell me the <laughs> truth. What's yes. wrong? Yes, exactly. So, yeah, I feel like I'm doing something wrong. And that's why the director is just like, oh, fuck it, whatever. Just do it now. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. We'll roll on that. So, yeah. I mean, so I, I've realized the importance of communication so much in my life after working in this uh, field. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. If you like something, like, tell me what, what you like about it, like. If you don't like something, tell me what you don't like. Because that's the difficulty, too, with um, with directing in general or even in any – all of it. It's experience. It's yeah. like sometimes you don't know why you don't like it. You don't, you don't yeah. know what's going to make it better. And is it the lighting? Is it the, is it the specific framing? Is the lens on it? Yeah. Is it because the actor – is it the actor that I'm looking at and I'm saying I don't like it when it's I'm not even talking about the lighting I'm talking about the performance yeah. in front and then you, and then you're misinterpreting it as yeah. the frame I'm like yeah, yeah. I'm like no the frame's fine the acting is bad <laughs> but then in my brain I don't know that so I'm miscommunicating to you because uh, right. yeah. um, now I feel like 
yeah, I, I'm feeling a lot more confident on that kind of stuff lately, like the, uh, the award-winning short film, um, Me, Jenny, and also Me, the Max Goldberg uh, was a DP on that, and that one was, I think, all handheld in some fashion. And, uh, the one that travels through time. Yeah, like the, the uh-huh. hopping in the ocean yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. That one was fun. And, uh, it's a lovely film. That one was definitely more of a, I'll say something. I'm like, this is, this is what I want to see. He'll set something up. And I trust him to set up the frame and kind of mm-hmm. what his instinct is. And then I'll look at it and then I'll go through it and then I'll have my notes on it. Or like, even as it's happening, I'm like, right, push it. Walk get closer <laughs> or whatever and then he kind of you know goes with it and make it happen because sometimes like especially for for that specific one there's the there's the big the big the big transition scene where she like teleports into the water yeah. and um she eventually pushes herself off the off the sand in slow motion yeah. and looks forward to the spaghetti yeah. uh I think there was a moment in there where he was too wide on it. I'm like, no, we got to get in there and see that face. Mm. Get in. But we're like racing the sun and stuff. And luckily it was MOS, which means we're not shooting sound. <laughs> so I could speak over the, mm. you know, speak yeah. to him at least without distracting her. And I've, get in on that quick. <laughs> Closer. I've had directors who, so this one specific director, uh, it wasn't an MOS, and he just kept whispering, tilt down, tilt down. And I had all of that in the sound. I, was just, I can't even remove that. Uh-huh. So, yeah, that's funny. But, yeah, yeah I get you it. You should know when you can speak, for sure. Because as a script supervisor a lot, especially like on comedies too, directors will just like crack up laughing. And I'm like, Shh. <laughs> Like we're right, like sets right there. Like stop! <laughs> You're gonna ruin the take. <laughs> I did not know that. Oh no! Yeah. That's funny. You'll come. But it's pretty fun collaborating. So. It's the life. It's the life. It's also actually cool when you know you're with a director who doesn't want to rule the set or something it's just like them being like you take over you can take over the pd you can take over the you mean you can camera. Do your, you can you can do your job yes you just do what you like and <laughs> do what you do yeah so it has its pros and cons i guess well I feel, it's like anything else i think it's a middle ground for sure uh-huh. yeah where where you need the direction mm-hmm. and the plan yeah. and then you're allowed to do what you do because you're mm-hmm. there for a reason right yeah yeah all right i'm gonna jump to some random questions now kind of like jump off the filmmaking thing it might come back to film we'll see okay but i kind of yeah all right you mentioned being a, a traveler i don't know if you can hear that baby there <laughs> Probably not. You mentioned being a traveler. Um, I am curious to hear about like where where 
would you like to end up? Where's your where where do you want to live in your uh like what's the goal in terms is there uh so I'm more of a places over people person. Like I get attached to places more often than I get attached to the people. Mm-hmm. Um interesting. Paris. I want to end up in Paris. Okay, all right. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I used to think of Paris as a very commercial, uh, mainstream, overrated place. A little um, basic. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've never been. <laughs> but no, yeah, like, I went there with my parents and uh, I just completely fell in love. Just You've been there how many times? Just once. For how long? Three days. <laughs> <laughs> and you fell in love. I fell in love. First sight. I'll tell you one exact moment uh, where I realized that this is it. I want to be here. I was walking towards uh, the Eiffel Tower and, uh, you know, I was just like, meh, whatever about the whole place. I was walking and there were like buildings covering up the Eiffel Tower. So... I did not, Mm. you know, I wasn't like ready or anything. But then I heard this violin, this person playing a violin, playing Hallelujah. And that was the first time I heard that tune. Oh, dang. And the song. It's a good song. And I was just like mesmerized. But then the big reveal. One step and I, I see the shivering Eiffel Tower at night and that person playing violin and I just stood there it was so chilly it was so windy and chilly I just forgot about all of that I just focused on these two things and I remember having tears in my eyes I was like this is where I want to be that sounds quite beautiful it's it's full of art I know, like, there's mm. a different side to Paris altogether. But then there's this art side. What's the other What's the other side to Paris? What are you referring like, to? People say, I haven't seen it as I've heard it, but, like, people say it's dirty. Mm. People aren't that good. They're, like, a little rude over there. No offense. Well, that's that's everywhere, is it not? Like, I don't know. I've I've not seen that in in where in LA. What are you talking about? LA <laughs> is one of the dirtiest cities. What? Have you not walked around? See, I come from India. <laughs> okay, ocean. <laughs> I don't know. Sure, sure. I mean, when let's face it. Okay, from my perspective, in as an American. <laughs> okay. LA is very dirty mm-hmm. and it's hard to go anywhere without like the homeless encampments and all that oh, kind yeah. of stuff and there's trash everywhere fast food stuff like I was doing a stint around my neighborhood where I was picking up trash every day uh-huh. with like one of those pickers and like filling up garbage like I almost I think I did one bag I think I did like almost 100 bags of garbage over like you know a few months or something like that oh. and uh it's just like the sidewalks are sticky and people are sleeping. and So I think what 
and and then there's a lot of crime here too depending on what part of town you're in so i'm like there's always different sections especially in big cities i'm sure paris has got to have you know it's it's yeah i i think i just fall in love with the show <laughs> i mean i've no i i know about this i've watched a lot of documentaries the crime documentaries relating to la now that i'm here but oh to scare yourself or what no <laughs> i'm just fascinated yeah, i i of love course, of course crime documentaries of course you are what not but yeah yeah what is it with um why what, what is it about the crime documentary i don't they're not really my thing i do not get much out of watching a crime documentary like when for instance early in quarantine lockdown tiger king came out mm-hmm. i don't know you did you want i haven't watched it tiger king starts out kind of cool investigating like this like underground kind of zoo network with like selling cubs off and like breeding breeding tigers and how it all works and how they're not they don't pay anybody that works there like all that kind of weird scummy stuff that goes on and then it eventually just turns into a crime drama a crime documentary and i'm like oh this is like i thought this was going to be different i want to learn about the zoo <laughs> and then it's just, a, just another murder cover-up story oh. and I'm like, this is lame Sorry, but, it turned out that way for but, you. But you would like it. You would like it. <laughs> I I love crime documentaries. Like, I don't know. It's horror. Um, this whole genre, crime, horror, thriller. It's like a guilty pleasure. Sure, sure. For me, uh, <laughs> is this? I don't know what. It's just the adrenaline rush that I get. But I'm a big fan. So, it, so, but like, what is it though? Do you know like uh, what? what I like about it? <laughs> yeah, uh, it's just the crazy stuff that goes around in these type of films. Mm-hmm. I think uh, nothing in particular. I just yeah. like the. So I wasn't sure if it's like the, the mystery element or if it's just yeah, or, the mystery element. The the. Um, I don't know. It's the crazy things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm more attracted to that, I guess. Okay. All right. No, I think that's... I, I think it's a common... Yeah, yeah they're popular. <laughs> I think uh, that's the reason, like, because I've, like, come up with three scripts um, that I've... Two of them I've shot that are all, like, horror, crime, mm-hmm. cult-related mm. Cults. it's just what comes to my mind yeah, first yeah yeah it's uh out of ordinary not ordinary at all I feel. yeah okay i'm imagining i don't want to assume i don't know it's like a weird question but like is it being able to see this world that you have no experience in and like well that actually happens in real life kind of thing with like the cult and the murder and I'm assuming you have no affiliation with cults and murdering but <laughs> like you're assuming but like <laughs> but like it could be fascinating to to um, to watch stuff that actually kind of goes on around us without really knowing it and be like whoa exactly that's weird see I'm a person who lives in our bubble you know most of the times mm. Mm. I've heard <laughs> you would. 
So, I don't know, like, watching all these things. Hmm. I don't know. Okay. It's, it's a guilty pleasure. <laughs> all right, sure, I sure. I really don't know. Just leave it at that. I'm going to dig deeper into why I like these things. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I had heard a stat recently. I don't know how accurate it is. I don't even know what the stat is. I just remember I, 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 blah, blah, blah. <laughs> women are more inclined to enjoy the murder is documentary than the guy. Like it's primarily women audience are the ones watching. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's new information. So, so it's, um, wow. I'm not alone. It's the whole like serial killer fascination and all that kind of stuff with, idolization of you know cult killer kind of thing and when women will line up and send in fan mail to like to jails and stuff oh yeah like... so this uh, documentary i watched uh, what's it called the night stalker the mm. night stalker mm. this one guy who was a serial killer in los angeles and how like, you know, since he was really good looking and charming, girls were like just in love with him or mm -hmm. something, despite the fact that he's a serial killer. I mean, I wouldn't go to that extent. Sure, sure. But yeah, I like Well, I mean, it, you know, in theory, like it could be kind of hot to date a serial killer. Because, <laughs> you know, if you're close to them, you know, keep your enemies close is the is the... <laughs> The no, saying and no, no. and and you know that they would kill for you, which is also great. Oh, you're just kinda... have you watched you? <laughs> I have seen. I've seen episodes. Um, oh, I did God. not. No, I wouldn't enjoy that's, that. That's, yeah. I'd like to keep my distance from these people. But... Cool. I think it's. I think it's healthy. It's a healthy choice. Mm -hmm. It is. Looks like it. Um. Next question. Mm -hmm. I don't really want to go kind of negative here, but uh, you know what? What kind of what makes you angry? What makes me angry? In a, in a general sense, we can talk about. Uh, yeah, just as a. Mm. For me, I feel like it's very difficult to make me angry, but I do have my pet peeves, for sure. So I don't know if. Uh, it's. You know, um, let me think about it. What makes me angry is when I'm on set and uh, things wouldn't go according to what I planned them to be. Mm. Like, let's say there was this one music video that I was working on and uh, the script was mine and almost like a lot of the elements that I had thought about were like thought of between me and my director and uh, there were things that did not go according to the plan which made me really angry so it kind of made me irritated frustrated so how off plan like can you give an example of a scenario um let's say when uh, you know the pd stuff I wanted a certain type of PD and uh, I got something else which really ticked me off. 
But yeah, I try to keep my calm on set. I've heard that, you know, because even me, I don't get angry as much. Mm-hmm. And I've had people telling me to, you know, take over uh, a situation because I usually don't. I just try to stay calm, composed as much as possible. But those same people have seen me on set and like they've seen me, you know, uh, take over um, and kind of be, how can I put it? Um, not myself kind of a thing, mm-hmm. like being more stern and being more a little angry or something. Sure, sure. And they were just like, you need to be this in life so that you can get you the get, stuff done. Yes, you get the stuff done. Interesting. But yeah, I don't get angry as much mm. either. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Because <laughs> I know, I don't know. My my pet peeves are are. Uh, it usually comes down to communication stuff where. It kind of feels like this, I don't know, it could fall into your thing too with like, if somebody says they're going to do something and then they don't do it, that's frustrating. Yeah. That's frustrating. Yeah, so like, you know, it's like as simple as if you're not going to do it, <laughs> don't tell me you're going to do it. Yeah, or especially. if it's not happening, give me a head, you know, like that kind of. Yeah. Keep, keep keep me updated. Updated, especially when you're like, I mean, on set, basically, like sure. when it's supposed to be happening. When well, it's yeah. I've been in this situation a lot of times. It's crazy, but I love it. Like, <laughs> love the I anger. love the stress. No, no, for sure. It's it's a great it's great to be in those situations. Having right. those things happening and maintaining your calm and be mm-hmm. able to get stuff done. Like, that's the that's the good stuff. Right. Um, all right. What motivates you? How do you? Where do you get your motivation from? How do you... Where do I get my motivation from? Yeah, like... Mostly documentaries. Trust me mm, when I say watching this. Watching stuff. I just watch a documentary and I'm just like, okay, I have to get shit done. Like... <laughs> The uh, documentaries, um, I would say, um, songs, songs motivate me. I'm not uh, much of a music person, uh, hate me if you want, but uh, I don't listen to music a lot. <laughs> sure. um, don't, no, no, <laughs> no, nobody's going to hate you <laughs> for now. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even the people around me. Because they are motivated, I'll be motivated. Yeah, yeah. There are times when I'm just like, oh, I don't want to do this or whatever. But then people around me will just be like, oh no, let's get it done. And, mm-hmm. you know. Support system a little bit oh, there. Yeah. People do work like that. Especially my colleagues that I've met here. Very supportive. Like, amazing people that I've met. Yeah. But, yeah. 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 Favorite food. My favorite food. Have you heard? 
Okay, I think Indian Chinese. Let's say Indian Chinese. Indian Chinese. You don't get it much over here, but yeah, uh, I don't think I've ever had that. I've had Chinese over here. It's just um, the taste I've developed, so, I think. Okay, so when you say Indian Chinese, does that mean Chinese food in India? Yeah. Okay. They have like a totally different kind of Chinese food that they make, and it's yummy. Mm. I also like street food in India. Why do you why why that face? It's not it's not a common it's not a common. Uh, no, I just thought most people don't like it. Or? <laughs> no, I, because you might not know about it. So. No, it's fine. Street food in India. Yeah, like street food. Basically. Okay, well, what about here? Now that you're here, since you don't have those things, how are you getting by? I love In and Out burgers. Yeah, I think just that. Um, I recently In-N-Out tried uh, Korean barbecue. Mm-hmm. It was overwhelming, but uh, um, yeah, it was good, but not a big fan. I think like, what else? <laughs> so when you see, so you went to a spot where you like, you cooked your stuff on oh, the yeah. stove and all that and had the yeah. whole experience. Yeah, for the first time. I don't, I don't quite get it. What? what? I don't understand going to a restaurant to cook my own food. <laughs> I just don't get it. So... I was more excited because I like my food a little burned. Like, yes, you can control it a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and like, yeah, I like it that way, so that's, I that's got fine. to burn my own food, basically. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I um, guess that's a plus. <laughs> I don't know, what else do I like to eat? Uh, I like cooking my own food, I guess. Do you? You yeah. cook your own food? Yeah. That's good. You don't yeah. live off in and out. That's good. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I also tried pazuki. Have you? Tried yes. That? I recently tried pazuki. Oh my God. Pazuki is specific to the one restaurant, right? Or yeah, BJ's. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Pazukis are great. Amazing. It's very simple. Yes. A dish yeah. with a fresh baked cookie, still warm out of the oven, a scoop of ice cream on top. <sighs> Great stuff. I was left speechless. I'm like, what is Which this? one did you have? What was it? Caramel mm. cookie or something. Okay. Yeah, like caramel. vanilla ice cream scoop on there? Salted caramel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was lovely. That sounds good. I love my dessert. <laughs> I'm, I got a sugar. Sweet tooth, as no. they say. All right, I'll try to close off with... Well, unless you have any questions for me. Yeah, I want to ask the same questions to you. I was just waiting. (laughs) Oh, please. Yeah, so what are your hobbies, first of all? I just told you I don't have a life, so. No, but like, there's reading. I read? Yeah. Um, I write, Mm -hmm. which is kind of doesn't feel like a hobby because it's toward a project or like it's, you know, it's productive. Do you, do you keep a journal? I journal. I picked up journaling this year, a daily journal. That's sweet. Um, How is that going? It's been difficult. Like sometimes I, I just, I, I've had difficulties implementing it into my routine. Like I forget that it's there and then mm. I have to do my journaling. Like it hasn't quite grabbed. I don't often know what to put in it. I'm just like, I guess I'm just recounting my day. I did this today. 
sometimes I'll be like, oh, I feel like this today. I'm worried about this tomorrow. But like, yeah. I don't, I'm trying to figure out like what I'm getting out of it still, but I'm going through the process at least, mm. uh, keeping up with it. But Sweet. hobbies, um, I don't know. I run, I run. Oh, you run. Um, I like to go to the park and throw some frisbee if I get a buddy oh. to go with me. I like the outdoor experience. Sweet, um, sweet. And then on occasion, like I mentioned, hitting the beach has been nice. I think I went to the beach twice in the last six months. Wow, what? <laughs> it's like a new record. <laughs> uh, so there's that. I don't know. Uh, video games. I'll, I'll mm. burn time with my Nintendo Switch. Yeah. I like to play Smash Brothers on there, Super Smash Bros. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I'm not a. The, the filmmaking is a fun stuff, and I yeah. I combine it as the hobby and the profession. So yeah, I would second that. What's your favorite food? If I, I usually lean toward Mexican food. Oh yeah. Like it's hard to go wrong with Mexican food, um, tacos, burritos. Uh, I'm a big fan of like, you know, the sauce, like the big burrito with the sauce over it and like it's just full of stuff and it's like wet. So it's just like every bite is gooey and flavorful oh. with the sauce. Like, Personally, I, I try to stay away from messy food. That's the thing about like Mexican food. I love it, but... It gets me all messy. How? <laughs> oh, I mean, the 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 big burrito, like the wet burrito, isn't designed to like hold. Like you, you, well, I guess it. I don't know. It's hard to cut. I don't. Is that the issue, or are you just I like get, a sloppy eater? Um, I don't know. It's just everything falling off, and then um, everything around my face. It just gets me so annoyed. It's great. So I, <laughs> maybe it's because I'm a dude. I don't know. Like I don't <laughs> mind a messy face and a shirt covered in stuff. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Like uh, one thing. What what do, what do I eat? Um, sometimes like barbecue food because you know you get barbecue all over your mouth when you're taking your uh, bites. Uh huh. Yeah, or, yeah. Yeah. So sometimes I know growing up there's in Reno there's a there's a big rib festival. Uh, they close down the street for or like one of the main streets for a whole week, and there's huge competitions and stuff. And and me and my family go all the time, and I usually like wait till I'm done eating before I wipe my face. <laughs> so I'm like, ah, there's no point in wiping my face after each bite. Like it's gonna just let it all <laughs> let it all get there, and then clean it at once. You know, it's kind of more. So I don't quite mind it, um, but I also grew up eating tacos and burritos like all the time. So maybe. I don't know if you have the same experience, but uh, not really. But like, I would say Indian, Indian food Mexican. is so similar to Mexican food. So then, how do you have a hard time eating it? Because what's the difference? I mean, just greasier. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Yeah. Just, I, I, we can talk about that after this is done. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. My god, I recently had this burrito. So greasy. I was like. Because I've never had that type of Indian food before, I would say. So it was Indian food? No, no, no. It, it was, was Mexican, Mexican food. food. Okay. All Actually, right. it was French. It was a French burrito. It's difficult French, to distinguish. A French burrito. 
But yeah, um, another question for you. What other culture or ethnicity do you like apart from Mexican culture? Are you talking about food? No, no, no. Just, uh, <laughs> the culture. like. That's a weird <laughs> I know. question. I know. Um, um, I'm trying to think about my experiences with, like, I knew when I grew up in Reno, I had, like, a pretty mixed friend group. Like, I had Mexican friends and Filipino friends, and, um, so I know I would hang out at their houses a lot and experience, like, their family gatherings and, and whatnot. Because but, since you've, like, you're American. You've seen a lot of different cultures. Sure, sure. So. I haven't really... The weird thing about... I don't... I don't put much stock <laughs> into... I don't know how I really view culture. It's kind of weird for me. Because <laughs> like, I remember like when, when I grew up, as I was growing up, I have, I've, I have this like look on myself of like, what are you kind of question that I get a lot mm. or would get a lot growing mm. up. So people wouldn't really know, wait, are you Mexican? Mm. Are you white? Are you Ecuador? Mm. Are you South American? Or like all that kind of stuff. So when I would ask my parents about it, I'm like, so like, hey, what am I? What am I, mom? <laughs> they're, they're like, you're Spanish, you're Spanish. Just say, you're, just say you're Spanish. I'm like, what do you mean just say I'm Spanish? Like, what, is, what does that mean? So I kind of just like didn't, I didn't quite, for me, grasp on to any sort of specific culture. Like, I just feel like whatever I've ad 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 adapt, I've adapted whatever. Hmm. I don't even know how to describe what culture I, it's like America. <laughs> so, so when I, do not really associate a specific culture to me too much. I don't really put that mm. on other people too. So that's weird. Okay. So when I think about your question, I don't know how to answer it. You don't have to. Answer I don't know it. how that's to answer fine. it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, the audio cut out there at some point, so I don't know where it cut out. But here we are at the end. Outro. Srushti Kalsay. I tried. Um, okay, so. You succeeded. Thanks. So I would say uh, thanks for being on. Um, thanks for having me. All the best with 2021 and the student visa life and, and, and freelancing in, the, in, in Los Angeles. Straight Same out of, too. Straight out of film school. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I hope it go goes good for you, too. Mm, thank you. I hope it goes good for everybody in 2021. It's been a bad whole year, 2020. So, yeah. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, yes, I agree with that sentiment. Um, where can people keep up with you to see what you're up to and what, you're got, what you got going on? And um, I'm most probably going to keep posting a lot of my work on... Vimeo, um, mm. and I'm gonna keep it public. Um, I almost all the time up 
keep updating my Insta. So, yeah. A and, lot of that. And it's just search your name and you can pull you up on Vimeo and Instagram pretty yeah. easily there. Yeah. Sweet. Um, at Srishti Kalse on Instagram and on Vimeo too, actually. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean... Yeah, that's that's about it. And if you want to like check my work, I have a page on IMDb, so that too, I guess. <laughs> Great, perfect. <laughs> Follow Sudushti and. Um, great. I, I'll leave it at that. Thanks again. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>